Welcome to Troy Leggett Speaks Podcast, Episode 6. I'm your host, Troy Leggett, and today we have the pleasure of meeting with Mr. Daryl Pullen and hearing his views on the 2020 presidential election. Morning, Troy Leggett. Hey, Mr. Daryl Pullen, how you doing today? Good, and you? You know me, my slogan, always loving life, with the good and That's bad. That's right, <laughs> with the good and bad, he's there at the time. Absolutely. So first thing I want to do is welcome you on today's show with myself, Troy Leggett, on the Troy Leggett Speaks podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here, and I'm, I'm very excited for the topic and conversation that we may have, because I know, you know, just talking to you frequently on the phone from period of times in the past, um, we had some very powerful conversations. So if you would like, would you kindly introduce yourself and share a little bit about, you know, your background and, you know, some of the goals you have or just some insight for the listeners, please. Well, I just want to say thank you for the invitation, first and foremost. And um, I appreciate the work you've been doing and the book that you compiled and um, the work you're doing as far as uh, getting reactions from the people who read your book and their opinions of it and their thoughts and reactions. Um, that's a beautiful concept. So just want to give you credit on that. My name is Daryl Pullen. I come from Trenton, New Jersey. I'm a regular guy as far as uh, my activities in life. I work in the supply chain industry, but on my free time, I'm active in some sorts on, on social media with friends, you know, talking and discussing current events as many of us do in this country nowadays and all the events is going on. And that, that's pretty much right now. I'm not involved in any particular group or organizations. I like to be able to discuss ways on improving on the world that we live in and ways to make it better. So a lot of times my discussions with people may cross various different organizations, even organizations that are opposed to one another. So I stand neutral in a lot of situations nowadays because I'm looking for positive outcomes and not anything that's partisan or, you know, just related to one group over another. That's really my focus in life and my identity and the way I move forward in progress on a daily basis. Wow. That's good. I mean, that, that's a great stand. I mean, it takes courage to stand like that. And it takes an open mind to be able to stand in those shoes. And I believe if a lot more of us was like that, it would help in some of the, the decision making for some of the challenges we face as people and as a world as a whole. Just to add real quick, um, anyone who will be listening to this discussion uh, now and in the future, I can be contacted. I'm just like most of the other millions and millions of people who have a Facebook account. I can be contacted to have discussions or talk about things or relate even further. But as Daryl Pullen, and you'll see my name when it's typed up the podcast after it's completed. But um, we can always have good, intelligent conversations and share thoughts. Sometimes we all may disagree, but the focus is to have open dialogue so we can learn more. So I can always be contacted and I'm open and willing to have conversations. Not a problem. That's awesome. And I just want to clarify that you were saying that you can be contacted on Facebook by typing in your first and last name in the search. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Awesome. Can you spell your first and last name for them so that they can have that? First name is Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L. Last name is Pullen, P-U-L-L-E-N. Excellent. Okay, Mr. Pullen, right now, you, you know, like I said, it's open floor for you to begin, you know, your introduction and share some insight. And you captured my attention when you when you started with my poem from one of my books that I've written. And <laughs> I always 
gravitate towards that direction. But um, we can start where you want to start and then just kind of go out into many different areas. Absolutely. Um, while uh, traveling through your book, one of the poems that standed out to me, and I was able to relate it to a current event, a current time, in the moment time that's prevalent right now, the poem that you named Just Do It. Okay. And as now, me being an athlete, uh, I'm sorry, but as me being an athlete in my past and, and still very actively in exercise and keeping my body in shape and things like that, uh, Just Do It always brings me back to the term of Nike and their motivation and inspiration as far as marketing their product to inspire people to become their their best self in athletic and also whatever pursuit you have in life to just do it and be your best self. So that that poem stood out to me. That's what I would like to discuss today. Okay, two things. First, I will ask once I kind of like share some insight and add on to what you said, is it okay if I read the poem so some of the listeners who may not have my book can get an idea and get some information from that poem and, and compare it with our discussion today? That's a great idea. Okay, awesome. So yes, Just Do It is a um, slogan. Of course, it's not my own. I haven't copywritten it, nothing like that. I just went with it because as you, I'm into sports, basketball, baseball. Those were my, my, my two main sports that I participated in as well as track. I looked at Just Do It. I identified it with the check, the Nike sign check as far as check yourself, because in the time when this poem came about, you know, there was a lot of things going on and uh, people, you know, they were saying that there was a lot of people that was registered to vote. And I figured, you know, I identified that with check yourself because we're dealing with serious times. And that went for myself as well. You know, I had to, you know, look into myself and find out, okay, what moves I need to make to be a part of this since I'm identifying this. And then uh, I looked at it as positive, just do it as positive because that resonate. I mean, Nike did a great job with branding and image in the minds of so many people of all ages that I thought that by using that, that would be one thing that captures a person's attention from a marketing standpoint to do something important, which like you said, it captured your attention because you're into sports. And I think a lot of the people in America and our nation is as well. I even can say, you know, it, it's funny because around that time, I think it's around what? This poem was written in 2004. So around that time, we needed it. We needed something to capture their attention so that information could be shared and absorbed of its importance. And people can pay attention to it, not just um, overlook or walk past it. Copy that. Now, so um, um, if you like, I, I'll go ahead and read the poem and then we can go into some things and maybe some particular points in a poem that you personally um, identify with and wanted to talk about, and I'm open to that. Absolutely. The floor is yours. Okay. The, the title of this poem is called Just Do It, and it is in my first book called Social Climax, published in 2015. Just do it. With the forces, we can form a unit to unify and form an act to counter the attack and prevent this year's election from getting jacked. It's bigger than white or black. It's about the entire whole and the power that controls. So many soldier lives were stolen by the tongue of a lie told. So many lives are imprisoned and the number grows. The course of ties is moving blind unless the people with eyes direct and guide. One way we can survive is by registering to vote and replace the captain on the boat. Doing is more than hope and hope is just a word some of us quote. Note that even felons can regulate by encouraging non-felons to participate. 
insisting in the construction of forming a reliable delegate to represent the home plate. No under the table, on the tape, intentional mistakes, just laws that protect and deal with us all fair and straight. And that was written May 6, 2004. All right. The, um, while listening to you read it, it brought out several thoughts that I didn't capture on and I didn't grasp when I read it myself because I'm able to connect the passion of your voice and the energy that you read by the words that are text on the paper. The year that it was created was 2004. Most likely that, well, that was definitely around the time of the U.S.-Iraq uh, conflict. Yes. And also the conflict of the reasoning for why soldiers were sent over there. Yes. And it's a topic that it's not really um, look back on revisionist thinking anymore, but it was something that was very heated and contentious at that time. And I'm sure with the wisdom that we have now, there probably would be maybe a different approach to it if we were able to go back that time and make that decision again. It may be a different discussion. Maybe it'll be a little bit changed as far as, you know, what we know now. Yes. And the poem definitely relates to what you mentioned. This poem is to encourage people to be able to register and vote and vote as a unit so that we have a hands in who we elect into office. That is for our best interest. At that time, you know, you had several different things going on, like you said, from war to, you know, um, campaign issues, and it's just so many different things going on. So the only way we can change results is by acting on things that need to be acted upon to bring forth that change. So when you get into discussions, reading papers, hearing the news, um, talking to intellectuals, you learn that um, voting is a key element in bringing forth that change, hopefully encouraging someone to register to vote. In fact, you know, even today, here in 2020, we're entering, we're coming up on another election where we at now in 2020. So again, my poem, you know, provides relevance and hopefully to encourage people to register and vote. And if you don't know how to register to vote, uh, there are so many online places you can go to vote. One I'd like to share is called register.rockthevote.com. That's the place, one place that you can go online to register to vote. Is there anything from what I said, Mr. Pullen, you'd like to share or add? Well, yeah, I just wanted to add it on as far as my uh, observation of the political process and what quite possibly be more beneficial to the country is the process that us as Americans on the grassroots level, on the street level, what type of uh, energy we have in trying to create, trying to promote, um, from my knowledge and my years of existence, most of the people who have been available of choice for political positions has been people who has been presented to us and not necessarily people that we have built up to really address the issues that 
we need. Um, so say the situation uh, uh, presently um, with Biden, Trump, most of those, in, those two individuals are people who are presented to us heavily, heavily um, influenced by a younger population. I don't think many of those younger populations would be able to relate to what the present presidential candidates um, are presenting because the the mentality, the ideologies are maybe a little far distant from one another, but it can still work. I'm not throwing any uh, negativity on it. I'm just thinking in my mind, I'm, I'm sharing. When we go to vote, the candidate that you vote for, you should be able to agree with that person across the board on the issues that they stand for. So a lot of people are going to vote nowadays for Biden because they don't like Trump. Right. Have they invested? Have they investigated Biden? And the same thing, vice versa. People are going to vote for Trump because they don't like Biden and the Democratic Party. But have you honestly and objectively looked at all Trump is about? So I think in the political process, to make it the most fluid, to make it the most pure, you want to put people out there in positions that across the board, they're relevant to what's going on in the world today, that their stance is the best that will represent our country across the board, not just for one situation, not just for another, across the board. They should have, they should check every, every box. And I think in promoting candidates who check more boxes, and that's on both sides, Republican, Democrat, and you want to promote people up there that's going to check all boxes and not just, you know, be a filler because the present person is a person that you don't like or you don't agree with. Now, did you say that for the Democratic Party and Republican Party? I didn't hear that last time. Absolutely. I believe this type of strategy of voting is pretty much the main objective, the main interest of people voting nowadays. And it's backed up by the amount of negative criticism that's promoted in the news. So when you talk, when, when the news talk about Trump or they talk about Biden, it's attacking their negatives, attacking what you don't like about that person or what that person said 40 years ago or last year or last night. But we're not having substantial conversations as far as what they do stand for, they do want to implement in the country and whether this is good for the country. We don't have that many conversations. It's more like a 24-hour gossip show, a 24-hour drama cycle, a 24-hour reality show. We're not getting meat and potatoes of what this person actually stands for and specific details of what they stand for. So we're just getting people who are voting because they don't like so they're going to vote for Biden. The main reason if you go on the streets nowadays or, or, or social media and contact and talk with people, I guarantee you it's not the first comment, it's the second comment, is that they don't like Trump. That's not substantial. Right. That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't hold legitimate weight as far as when you have to get to legislation and interacting with other foreign leaders and interaction with the rich and the poor of this country. It, it, it doesn't make sense to say, I'm just not voting for this person because I don't like them, I'm voting for the other. Well, what does the other stand for? What is their benefit? What do they bring to the table? Right. We should have more discussions about it. And I think um, what you're saying uh, also, but you put it in a very professional manner, is that 
because this person's skin is a color, I'm more favorable or unfavorable for that person. Because this person is um, a red or blue, I'm for this person and this person. Because this person is a part of the Republicans or the Democratic, I'm for them. Now, in that process, no one has done their research on who represent what side of the campaign. So in that matter, you have um, people that follow um, what they think is cool or what they think they should do or what they think is hip. People jump on the bandwagon because others are doing it. So it's either peer pressure or just in the mode of following. And then I also think that what you're saying is we're trying to minimize uh, after the decision is made, after the votes is made, after the election is over, and we, we come to see the person that was put to represent the country in office, the results and the feedback that they're providing us as the people, people are dissatisfied and start complaining. Now, some of that large complaining group probably never registered to vote, never did their research to find out if the person they're voting for is somebody, like you said, is for the whole entire country better interest. Is that correct? Is, um, is that correct? I would say that a lot of the playing to a particular crowd and whatever crowd voices um, right. are loudest, and whatever crowd who is being promoted and marketed by individuals who are able to make people that we have voted for and the constituencies that have voted for them that actually won elections or the voices who are the loudest. And the voices who are the loudest might not necessarily be in the best interest. You know, you may have like anyone who was in a classroom, in school or or on a playground or anywhere there's groups of people, sometimes you will have a loud voice or a voice who's um, is the strongest and, and the most influential. But as many of us also has observed that many times on those playgrounds or in the schools or, or certain uh, organizations they're part of, that loud voice hasn't really represented the best way and has had the best solution. Nowadays in the political process, that's what it's looking like is the loudest voice is the voice that wins, but not necessarily is the best voice to lead. Right. And wow. I think that people have to be more educated in the voting process and how important voters, voting is, is not just to say I voted. It's not just to say I want to vote. How are they able to get the job done? And, and how many people of the, the the constituencies of America are they able to satisfy? Mm. Um, I'm, a, I'm a type of person that, you know, like to rack my mind and my brains daily to look for win-win situations. Many times when you're dealing with millions and millions of people, win-win situations are not um, a reality. And many times it's not because it can't get done. It's just because there are people who don't want it to get done. They don't want to see it get done. Mm. Um, but I think if you had a voting population who voted in ways where they can actually see that these things can get done and it doesn't have to be so much hatred going back and forth on both sides, then I, I think a lot of people have a more positive outlook on life and a more positive outlook on their own lives and also the leaders that 
that that run the country, they'll have a positive outlook on them. Mm, that makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Pretty much condones that the part where in the middle the way we can survive is by registering to vote. Right. And replace the on the boat. <laughs> Doing is more than and hope is just the word some of us quote. But I'm actually bringing a link in my mind when I read that, because that's what poems are actually designed to do, is to actually have you trans travel in your mind and, and travel and, and expand to come up with the articulation of the words together. And you can go by that person and what they wrote in the poem, or you can, you know, pose the words around a little bit to even come up with a deeper meaning. That's what poems are designed to do. So I'm looking at vote and I'm looking at with hope. And we've had politicians in the past talk a lot about hope. And I think us as voters have to be able to bring that link together. The politician is the spokesperson, but the voter who put these people in office are the people who have to make it happen, who have to bring it together. Right. So if we deal with serious issues in the country, that's what a poem can help bring out a serious situation in the country and use the strategy of how you formulate a poem to bring insight, to travel through your mind, to expand, to open up your minds to to different uh, type of approaches and, and, and different type, but then make it merge all together in a rhyme, in a stanza, in a paragraph. That's what poems do. And, and, and if, if most people from the poem community and spoken word that's why it's such a free thinking world, because when you listen to the person reciting their poem, what it does is help you expand your mind. And it's, it's, I mean, it's several other parts in the poem that, that you articulated here that causes me to expand my mind. Mm, wow. Well, I, first, I want to say thank you. And um, I like I like how you were able to clarify and pinpoint certain words written in the poem that you found important and relate to today's time, even though it was written years ago. So that, that helps me, that keeps me inspired, keeps me wanting to continue to write. Also, I noticed in what you were saying, it made sense. And it brought something to my mind too, because when you said people acting, you know, there's also some restrictions that will, you know, unfortunately some people have on them that may not allow them to vote. So I had came across some, re you know, did a little research and came across conversation. And um, I found out that even people that were felons or ex-felons, they get released, that want to participate, that want to vote, that may have changed their life, walk into barriers that say, OK, you can't vote because of maybe your past. Now, um, I come to find out that there's a new amendment for bill, amendment for bill that will allow felons to be able to vote once they have completed their prison term and conditions according to their sentence. And some of those terms consisted of completing the sentence, parole and probation. And I think that um, they will be able to have the ability to vote. Now, that just that's just something on a lighter end to kind of bring inspiration to those who may be felons to um, research ways that they can find out how they can participate as well. And if somehow they're unfortunate to be able to participate well they may be able to talk to someone who's not a felon and encourage them so you know when people do their research if you're if you're listening and you're you know you're an ex-felon or you're a felon um you know there's 
some ways and tools and information out there that you can get to kind of enlighten you and help spread the word and encourage felons to participate if they were thinking that they had no way to participate. And I just wanted to share that because when you said, um, you know, us as people in this country, we all come from all walks of life. And um, we're getting down to the point where every vote, every person counts. So we got to definitely um, find ways to enlighten and uplift people to participate if they can or if they want to. And, and if they don't know how, you know. I agree. I agree. And I think there there could be some type of medium as far as to be able to objectively determine um, convicted felons are suitable to be included in this process. I mean, if they're released from prison and they served out their time, then I would assume that they paid their debt to society. So if they're able to get a job, if they're able to immerse themselves back in the, the American population, then it makes only sense that they should be able to have a right to vote. But it also goes towards another part that many people may not have thought about as far as, say, people who have uh, a criminal record, but they're actually innocent of that charge. They never, they never committed it. But because of a breakdown in the system, these people had to serve time for it. I was just looking at the movie on uh, Netflix the other day when they see us about the Central Park Five. Right. And one of the individuals who stayed in the prison the longest, one of the reasons why he stayed in prison the longest is because every time when he went to the parole board and in order for them to process him for parole, he would have to admit that he did the crime. And numerous times throughout the movie, it shows that when they asked him the question of, uh, across the, uh, at the at the parole board, he refused to admit that he did it because he didn't do it. Right. And each time they denied his parole because of that fact. Eventually, he had to admit to it just to be released. But luckily, the actual perpetrator of the crime had actually came and admitted that he did it, which actually freed um, um, this gentleman uh, from Central Park issue for exonerated their charges. It cleaned cleaned their history and it gave them that that position of life that they were actually due from the beginning. But there's also a history of many, 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 many people who have been incarcerated for crimes they never did. So we're at their felons out here, former felons. If you pay your debts to society, I don't see how voting um, is something that's a problem because there are no convicted felons who are running for office. So it's not like you're supporting somebody who supports the behavior that you exhibited at one time. So I, I don't see that, you know, what would be the fear? Is a felon going to try to promote uh, a person who is engaged in uh, illicit activity at the moment? No, because that person would never have a position, uh, uh, opportunity to to run for any office. Any, okay. You know? so there's many caveats. There's many caveats to that discussion. But the main one that stands out to my mind is to be able to notice that there are a lot of felons who have been locked up who are actually innocent of the charges. And what about those people? What type of access to the political system do they have? Yeah. And I'd like to add on to there. First, I want to start with um, When They See Us. That was a very powerful movie. It brought tears to my eyes because it was very powerful. And this shows the um, injustice and it shows how our judicial system fell us. 
but thankfully uh people did not give up and they continued to pursue and they were able to overcome and help them but i give my regard pain and suffering they had to go through now um when you talk about ex-felons and you talk about people who have uh are innocent i also want to include uh i think i think it all boils down to uh the the favoritism of the evidence um you know a you have so many people who are innocent that evidence proved that they were guilty. And then you have people who were innocent of crime where evidence did not prove that they were guilty, yet they were still convicted. So it's a lot of different ways of how that can be categorized. Now, both cases, once they are released, if they were unable to prove their innocence or get it exonerated, they walk around with the label of a felon. So that right. by them walking around with that label as a felon and in that right. um you know that's part of the reason why i think it was important for me to bring it up because you know in their mind they say well the system failed me for so long you know i don't even think that i'm gonna be able to vote we never know through our research it may be some things some bills some amendments something out there that can help them um see how they fit and participate in voting also and how expeditiously that correction can be implemented if it's about if if it's been identified a person has been charged for crime they didn't do and it's proven that they didn't do it sometimes a lot of that uh, uh information and, and and the process to clarify it it's backlogged for so long where it shouldn't be that way if, if to be to be in prison for a crime that you never did is maybe one of the worst. That's probably one of the worst things a person can ever go through. There's a lot of there's a lot of situations that people go through nowadays that gets a lot of attention. You know that 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 people press for and the country stands by them for being violated in in certain type of ways and things like that. But to be in prison for something that you never did, that's that has to be on the top tier of one of the worst things that you can do to a person. Yeah. So therefore, if it's identified that this is the case, it should be the, the, the judicial system, the country's duty to expedite that, clarify um, the, the, the public reputation of that person, spread information that this was this was done wrong. I think it's the duty of the system. If you have a duty to lock people up, to make the streets safer, and, and you have a, a, a deep desire to do that, then if it's someone who's innocent, you should have a deep desire to to clear, to, to, to validate them and, and, to, and to clear their name as well. It should be the same type of energy. And then it gets back to understanding of what a poem supposed to do. I wanted to touch on Just Do It, and I did some research on Just Do It, that um, there are articles uh, online that suggests of where the slogan "Just Do It" came from, and uh, it was an exec uh, of Nike who um, uh, came of knowledge of it was a serial killer or, or someone who committed murder, I think, um, in, in one in a state in 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 America, and he went um, in front of the firing squad. And his last word, words to the firing squad was, let's do it. And that Nike exec 
while learning of that story, something sparked him in his mind. It was an expansion because us as humans expand. When we hear a quote, we expand it to what it really means or we try to utilize it in a certain way. When we see commercials, advertisement, you know, all type of things, Americans, humans in general, humans in general are always expanding. So it's amazing how you can take the last words of a, a, a murderer who went under uh, against a firing squad and said, let's do it, and then transfer that into a slogan for Nike to say, just do it, and make that the marketing of a billion-dollar industry because his mind expanded. I, he, he, took, he, took that, he took those last words of a, of a murderer going under for going through a firing squad he took those last words and he make, remixed it he remixed it and towards just do it so i guess he's looking at the murderers just you know no fear of going against a firing squad and knowing that this is his he didn't cry he didn't say please help me don't shoot me or don't do this he just said let's do it so that person showed fear in his last moments in life and then that marketing exec from Nike transferred that energy, he expanded that energy and transferred it into the marketing plan of Nike to say, just do it. But it's still given the same type of energy. Just do it. Don't be fearful. Follow your dreams. You know, it, it's the same type of energy against all odds. Go on your path. Right. Just trans, just transferring energy. So once again, when you read poems from the poem community, and I'll be willing to um, offer this question to anyone in the poem community to to advise me on whether I'm interpreting it right or wrong, that that's what poems do. That's what spoken word does. It helps you expand your mind. It starts you to think and, and to try to bounce ideas and bounce visions and, and, and bounce inspirations to come up with something of your own. The title, Just Do It. And the topics that that the topics that you addressed in that poem helps further a discussion similar to what we're doing now and should be for all of those who are reading your books, helps promote a discussion, helps bring out an inspiration, helps you see things, expand on visions, expand on the things that you put in the poem to come up with a reality or a greater reality. So I just wanted to, you know, re rehash back about that and, and, and share with you what I read about the um the corporate marketing uh slogan that nike presented in just do and where it originated from how they were able to remix it and make it the slogan of a of a, of a multi-billion dollar industry interesting very interesting yeah well that that was a part of the marketing idea of the poem itself you know to help people read it to get something from the poem as you say and being able to move fearlessly forward so um on that note as we conclude our discussion for today, I like to just tell all the listeners we're coming up on the election and to just do it. Register the vote and do it. And on that note, uh, I like to say thank you so much, Mr. Dow Pullen, for getting on the show. Again, I say thank you and thank you for the time. Yes, have a good one. You too. You have now reached the end of Troy Leggett Speaks Podcast, episode six. Until next time, take care and stay connected.